The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. Hello, this is Homeboy88 of the Homeboy88 Podcast. If you like hip-hop, video games, pro wrestling, conspiracy theories, and comedy, come check out the Homeboy88 Podcast, constantly in the top Apple Podcast charts. Check out my back catalog featuring some of the funniest wrestling shows ever created. The Homeboy88 Podcast. Search for it and listen today. Yes, that's right, infidels. You found us here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, where you get the most real talk. The best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from AEW and WWE, Impact, and more. Because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at HMG. So you don't need to go anywhere else because there's no five stars here. There's only $5 face slaps, infidel. So sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO! Richard, these people seem to really like you around here, huh? 
You are very talented, you really are. But you want to know the truth, bud? Here's the truth, absolute. Stop chanting. The truth is, in comparison to me, you're the absolute drizzling shits. The cheap suits, the cheap shoes, the cheap heat, 
Oh my God, and you are our new AEW champion, huh? Well, here's the thing. With that AEW championship comes a big responsibility that you know nothing about. The difference between you and me is that when these people got behind me, I gave them a reason to keep going. When they put faith in you, you let them down. When Regal believed in you, you let him down. But brother, when it comes to Ricky, I deliver on time, every time, every night, every week, every month. And you can take your little ass to Greece for three months because, oh, you didn't get paid enough. Because, oh, you got out politics by somebody smarter than you. But the fact remains is that I've been here busting my ass. You want to talk about responsibility? Let's talk about the fact that you avoid responsibility. You avoid any type of pressure. I show up to sign meeting greets where you, you don't care. You just blow it off because, hey, everybody hates Max, so he has nothing to lose, right? Yeah, guess what, buddy? There comes a lot of responsibility when it comes to people actually liking you. And besides your, your nose being a lot darker than the rest of your body, me, on the other hand, I live with dignity. I live with respect. You know nothing about that. When I lived in my car in South Austin, guess what I was doing? I was grinding. I knew the responsibility of taking care of myself. When it comes to that woman right there, it's my responsibility to get her a car, to get her a house. And you think because you pay people, because you said that that's well, I'm better than you, that you can get whatever you want. Please give me a break. Next week is a big deal because I'm putting up and I'm shutting you up for once in your miserable, narcissistic, little punk-ass life. You don't deserve this, but I do. YouTube, guess what? Been there, did that, busted my ass and get here. Never needed a name to make it right here. And I don't need a name to beat your little ass. I am Ricky Starks. I'm gonna stand 10 toes down right now. Next week, I'm smacking them all off your neck. I'm stomping an asshole right into you. And I'm taking that title. you never had done in your life. I'm going to take the responsibility off your plate, little boy. Oh, of course. MJF, the AEW World Champion, never met a low road that he would not take. And hopefully, Hopefully we are only one week from the end of the era, but he is sizing up Starks with that dynamite diamond ring. It's on his right hand. You're right. It's right on. He's going to drop Starks here. Oh, oh the swing and the miss. The spear connects. What impact right there. Will this be the scene one week from tonight at winter? Was. He knocked the damn shoes off of Max. <laughs> what the hell?
Ricky Starks heading into Dallas, heading into winter is coming one week from tonight with plenty of momentum. Can he take everything away from Maxwell Jacob Friedman? PWC Network, what the world is watching and listening to. Hello, I'm Homeboy Shivani, and now the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition, is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. Hello everyone and welcome to the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish. I'm your host Jimmy T and my co-hosts, they're back in the saddle once again. We've got the Dollar King, or is it the Two Pump Chump? I don't know. <laughs> but it is Kevin Sexy Time Panetta. Welcome back to the Skirmish. And what's cracking my friend? Hey, hey, I'm just always out to get the most bang for my buck. You know how it is. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure, no doubt about it. And to my bottom... He is the most evil of evil. He is Evil Diamond Dose. Or Damon Dose. Jeff Lippman, why Damon? <laughs> oh, well. How am I supposed to look at it as damn it when it looks like Damon? I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to change that during the break. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's alright. Apparently I can't stop. You're <laughs> <laughs> a character. Well boys. It was an explosive dynamite. I mean, we started off with a man, but before we get into the show, I just want to talk. Did you guys check out TK's um, media call? Shall I say? I did. Yeah. Oh, you did check uh, it out. Where he's talking about William Regal. Yes, that one. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I heard the whole thing from the beginning to end. At double speed, of course, but I heard it. It was a well, classy, pro- classy move by TK, actually. It actually was, as a matter of fact. The only thing that wasn't so classy, I felt, right, was the fact, and I, I don't want to use this as an excuse, but I almost feel like he was giving him, giving William Regal a guilt trip, if you know what I mean, with what happened with his mother, and, and like I said, 
you know, like I'm glad she's better and stuff. But like he kept repeating that as he was talking about Regal, which I felt was a bit, you know, I don't know. Is it just me, Kev? Uh, sometimes having the media on your side can go against you. So you had to just make sure the media knew both people were hurting and just wanted to be with family. So it couldn't be right. spun a certain way. Um, he did it intentionally, but just to make everyone not look bad. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, how'd you feel about that? First of all, let, let's say, let me say this. He's lying about certain things. I don't know exactly what he's lying about, but he's lying about certain things. Uh, and that is, you know, whether he let him out and that the uh, Regal will not be on TV. I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. William Regal might be on TV, if not this Saturday, because I don't think he has anything in class. He won't do it. He'll be on by February. Um, <laughs> because it, it was a one-year contract, and, he, and all uh, Tony agreed to do was uh, not pick up his option. Um, now, he said, I think we have it in writing that he can't be on TV. So if he did, I'm wrong. But if he did, he doesn't think it. He knows it's a liar. Now, whenever Tony is talking too much, you know he's trying to find a narrative. So, yeah, basically what he was saying, this is an old guy. He doesn't really want to be here. I let him out. And because I can empathize with my mother who's sick and a family that's sick and and all of this, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make an exception in this case, but not. But don't everybody think that you're gonna be released too? Like he, he said a couple times, I can't facilitate every family reunion, which was smart. And by the way, I don't mind the cover. I just I mean, going on and on about his mom. I mean, I feel for him and everything, but you know, but uh, I mean, too too much. You know, it was just too much. And like me, he says too much when he doesn't know exactly when to stop. And uh, Jeff, he just let him out of his uh, – he didn't pick up the option, but he still has two months left on his contract. I just think he won't be on TV for two months. Then I'll be, be on WWE TV. That might be – if it's the balance of his contract. I mean, I, I'm not sure how long he does have left on his contract um, because I feel like Blackpool Comeback Club uh, has created and has existed for about 37 months now because it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a slow-moving – Tanker that's that's all rusted. But uh, if that's right, but that's fine. Yeah, he, if he's if he's if they've agreed not to pick up his contract and he doesn't have to do anything else for AW except for that, you know, the, that ridiculous recording they did tonight, and you know, it gets up Bart Simpson, you know, Jeff, you get at least you tried um, with the cake and the garbage. Um, but um, okay, yeah, the fair is fair. If, you know, if he if he's got to sit out the contract, he's got to sit out the rest of the contract. That's, that's, that's cool. I have no issue with that. Yeah, no, I mean it is what it is. You know what I mean? But uh, I just find it interesting that he actually just had to say all that stuff. But you know what? I, it was probably the, here's the thing that I thought was that he starts that he that he had to take the opportunity to shit on Triple H's social oh, media yes. which was before war games and he released regal from the contract after war games so so him his logical connection of after we've been so accommodating nice and what the hell are you talking about the chronology that's not how time works triple h something before war games he released him after war games it is <laughs> yeah. like one was not a shot of the other two things are not related he just had to get it in and and knows that everybody in the room is is to, to a certain extent or another, giving him back massages, wiping his ass and sucking <laughs> Well, it's, it's the PWC, so penis. <laughs> penis indeed. I don't know what people are going to start thinking eventually, but anyway, let's move on. Yeah, well, look, in my opinion, it was actually his best coming 
when it comes to the media calls because usually he doesn't open up like that and for what once he actually PWC Sorry? people with cocks. <laughs> well, we're we're people with cocks. There you yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> or chodes, people with chodes. Sure. sure. <laughs> anyway, uh Demetrius Pontikis in the chat says I read the other reason was he wants to work with his son. That's why he wanted to go back to WB. While TK still try and delay Regal's return. First of all, he's just using that as an excuse to work with his son. Come on. I, I, think, so to... I think so. No, he, he does, of course. I think he really does. But he always wanted to go back to WWE. The second Triple H was back at the helm, the writing was on the wall straight away. Oh, yeah. He, he, his son was there when he got released. I mean, William right. got released. He never wanted to leave. No. But as far as delaying his return... No, I, I, whatever their deal is, it's it's done. And so if he is just a backstage coach and a talent evaluator, and if that's what he's going to be at least for a year, then, then so be it. That that was that was the deal that they made. And some people may think it's harsh, but if he if he had an option to extend and he didn't, then okay, like, you know, I, I'm okay with that too. That that's fine. That that's business and contracts are contracts. Right? So you can't expect lawyer on on the panel to to not expect people to re to respect the sanctity of contracts. Um, so no, I don't expect them to delay it. I think they made whatever arrangement they made, and uh, the only issue is if he only thinks he has it in writing but doesn't really have it in writing, then you know, then Regal's free to do whatever he wants, and it's a gentleman's agreement. Well, Regal's already told you what kind of a gentleman he is. He's the worst person on earth. <laughs> Yeah, and if, uh, if if he tried to delay this now after making that statement publicly, uh, Jerry McDevitt would be all over that one. Regal would be able to do what the hell he wants anyway. <laughs> For sure, no doubt about it. But let's get into the Dynamite proper. We come from Austin, Texas, as a matter of fact, and to a pretty rowdy crowd. I actually liked the fans for this show, and it seemed pretty packed, I think, Jeff, right? I mean, it didn't seem that empty. Listen, I don't know if it was packed. I don't know if it was just one side of the building. I don't know if the upper bowl was blocked off or not. But as compared to recent Dynamite, it wasn't obvious that it was only one half of the building that was covered. And it wasn't obvious that one half of the building wasn't full. So I will give it credit there. Perhaps they had a bigger audience. It's Austin. It's a big town. I don't know if it was Austin proper or outside of Austin, but the Austin-Fort Worth area is... Uh, well, no, Austin is what the capital. Yeah, so you know, Austin is the capital. It's a big city. Texas is a good wrestling state. It's, it's been a good market. It's been a great market. It's been a great market for wrestling companies. I mean, forever. Forever. WWE. It's been good to AEW. I mean, except for you know, corpses Christie, where they, where they're like uh, zombies without voice boxes. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's been mostly good. So yeah, good on the crowd. The, the crowd was pretty hot tonight absolutely absolutely was and we start off with the dynamite diamond ring battle royale and we start off with absolute ricky starks jungle boy jack perry and the natural dustin Rhodes all get individual entrances now i don't really want to go through all this because i thought these sucked balls but ricky starks ends up winning last eliminating all ego ethan page to win the right to challenge maxwell jacob freeman for the dynamite for the dynamite diamond ring at any time of his choosing but after the matchup we enter mjf he gets on the mic and says a little birdie told him brian danielson didn't show up tonight and he knows it's because he's terrified of him after on, what he on. did 
I don't want to skip the yes. entire battle royal to go into the next one. All right, all right, all right. All right there was a 15 yeah, well, or 20 minute part portion of, of the show. Fine, go tell me what you thought about the battle royal. I just thought it sucked. I thought it sucked. It was a terrible <laughs> battle royal, but that's not enough. We need to express why we thought it sucked. I mean, first of all, the, 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 it made no sense as to who the constituents and the participants were. You had 42 people around the ring, but half of them weren't in the battle royal. It wasn't clear who was in, who wasn't. It wasn't clear that, I mean, why have W. Morrissey on the outside? Why is you the great outside and the butchers in the match, but the butchers outside half the time? Apparently, they've adopted the rule that if somebody not in the match hits the guy when they're on the apron and they fall to the floor, that they're out of the battle royal also. The, because the blade eliminated Orange Cassidy, which I have no issue with Orange Cassidy, and, and I've seen that before. Uh, I don't remember if it's just this company or other companies, but that shouldn't happen. No, only a participant sh should be able to eliminate you, except for like somebody like holding the rope or something shitty like that. You got two managers out there, uh, Stokely Hathaway and uh, um, uh, Prince Nana, who did absolutely jack and shit. Uh, you have Penelope Ford, who played no role whatsoever. You have Kip Sabian in there for whatever reason. You have Captain Sean Dean at the final four. Uh, I don't know. This, this, they, you have Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty, and Matt Hardy. You know, this seems to be the story they want to focus on how they're bickering, but they're mostly working together. But they're working together ineptly. But still, they managed two of them managed to make it to the final four, and, and they're still inept. Um, I don't know. It just there's just like a lot of kerfuffle stuff. So you know, I, again, I don't want to just like go over an eighth or a seventh of the show and just say it sucked without saying why well, I thought it sucked. I love Battle Royals. I can only remember three Battle Royals I haven't liked. One was the Women's Royal Rumble a couple years back where they had like Summer Rae in it. Like it was all the old, older women. One might, be, might have been the Men's Battle Royal that same year where there was like no surprises where like you pretty much knew everyone in it, like nobody that entered in it was, was a, a shock. We might have had like one surprise and it was a bad surprise um and this what was a surprise <laughs> I, I don't i don't remember all i remember is that i don't i'm not sure if it was the year that was carlito was in it um but there were only like three people that were in pre-announced for it. it it might have been the year after anyway it doesn't matter the point is i i like the two casino battle royals at the original double or nothing even the women's one with where they were complete incompetence the men's one with like ace romero basically eliminating himself and Jimmy Havoc and you know stapling cigarettes to Joey Janela's head. I mean, it was it was stupid wrestle crap, but I liked it. This was terrible. This was this wasn't even entertaining. And this dug a deep hole for me. And I really wanted to hate the rest of the re the dynamite show, but yet I didn't. <laughs> that makes three of us I think. Kev, what'd you think? Um, I, like you guys, I love battle royals in general too. Um. This wasn't the best battle royal. It was probably on the lower tier of battle royals, but and it was very, very predictable. One of the best thing about battle royals is that anybody can win unless it's like an obvious one. This was an obvious one where uh, Ricky Starks was going to win. Luckily, the rest of the roster was so bad it didn't bury anybody else. Where I wasn't mad about Ricky Starks winning. You know, then they pretty much this is very formulaic. Somebody throws a guy out. That guy gets eliminated next by somebody else. It annoyed me too when. Uh, Dalton Castle's getting carried by the Boyds and the Blades is out there like, hey, why, why don't he, I just eliminate him too? Like, why would he not want to? Why does William Morris he not want to be in the match? He just doesn't care if anybody can be in there. You don't need any wins on your... your Big guys don't roster. care, Jeff. They don't care about championships. <laughs> so on. there was way more to be annoyed at than not, but I didn't mind this just because it was short enough where 
it was okay and it didn't bury anybody. The guy who the only the only guy that had the storyline won. Um, so I was okay with it. I was okay with it. And then it was short enough where it didn't piss me off. Yeah, I mean, well, for me, look, it's cool that Starks won. And for people that don't realize, I guess he resides in Austin, Texas, not in New Orleans, where he's actually from. But uh, whatever, the crowd was behind him. It was like he was home, that's for sure. And then we get MJF coming out, though, which makes things really interesting. He gets on the mic and says a little birdie told him Brian Danielson didn't show up tonight. And he knows it's because he's terrified of him after what he did to his boy William Riggs he's a bad bad man and that's why in a week's time he's going to be a four-time dynamite diamond ring champion and he's still going to be world champion he turns to Starks and says that people treat him like some unheralded god of pro wrestling but the truth is compared to MJF he's the drizzling shit or should he say he's a Rudy Pooh candy ass that popped me guys just quietly since yeah, that was awesome. Since Starks has stolen everything else from that guy, he tells Ricky he's nothing more than a dollar store Dwayne, so he's going to start calling him the Pebble. So next week at Dynamite, Max is going to put him in his pocket, hop in his brand new Porsche, and drive him all the way back to Billy Corgan's NWA so Ricky can wrestle on YouTube where he belongs. So he doesn't care that he's absolute because he's a generational talent and his reign of terror has just begun as Starks cold shoulders his way through Friedman on his way to getting on the mic. He calls him Maxipad and says he should have expected a a fifth-rate Roddy Piper wannabe to come out here and try to steal the spotlight. I love the Maxipad part. I couldn't stand that he called him Roddy Piper only because it felt like, I know you are, but what am I type of shit, right? But anyway, he continues on to say, oh, you trashed the city and you trashed the people. How much more shtick you got because the low-hanging fruit is running dry. Every week MJF comes out, he's smelling like paint thinner and ass. He's <laughs> emphysema, uh, not uh, eczema. He's eczema's like he's laid down on an anthill for a week. His clothes don't fit and he thinks he's better than Starks. Everything about Max screams cheap from his suits to his heat. And he's our AEW world champion. That title comes with, with responsibility that MJF knows nothing about. Just quietly, neither does fucking Starks. So I don't know why he said that. Yeah, I'm and sure it was two weeks worth anyway. <laughs> right. I'm just pointing out like some inconsistencies here. But anyway, and the difference between them is that he gives the people a reason to keep cheering. But Max lets everybody down every time he can run off because he got out poly- politicked by somebody smarter than him. But Ricky's here every week. Freeman avoids pressure, Starks takes it in, he does the meet and greets, and besides his nose being a lot darker than the rest of his body, Ricky lives with dignity and respect. When he was living in his car in South Austin, he was grinding, and Max thinks that's just because he pays people and kisses ass. He can get whatever he wants. Next week is a big deal, and next week he's going to stomp the mole off his neck, stomp his asshole in, and he's going to take that title and do him a favor that he's never had done in his life. He's going to take the responsibility off his plate, little boy. And he also called him a bitch for running away to Greece for three months. Um, he also said Max, well, Max as reasonable as ever, kicks him right in the gentleman's area at the end. I'm talking about MJF. Looking for a lariat, Ricky ducks and turns his ass. Uh, tea, uh, tea kettle with a spear and Starks holds the title up. 
and that was the end that was awesome but before I pass it on to you Kev I thought he went far too long but he recovered I think um, I don't think it was too long a couple of his lines didn't hit uh, but he had way more that hit that, that landed that didn't uh, this is the best sure. start to look the whole uh, time he's been in this, this company um, like who cares if Max doesn't go to like the meet and greets he's a heel he's not supposed to and Ricky Starks has only Good been boy. a face for like three to five months you know it hasn't been doing it that long either you know and usually that's just the main champion and the other companies that do that who cares but uh i loved all of his lines um mac mjf had some great lines too the dollar store rock not sonny siaki from impact <laughs> yeah uh, that was great too and i did not care the least bit about this feud until this segment tonight now i know it's still predictable you know mjf is going to win but at least if it's going to be this entertaining i'm up for a little like three-month feud out of these guys you know um they won me over here Jeff, um, I do think that they both went a little bit too long. Um, if you've seen MJF a bunch of times before, you know you sort of heard this before. It is getting old. Other people have said this, and by people I mean characters on on TV, not just Ricky Starks. I mean even Wheeler Yuta pointed it out. I mean yeah, he does sort of do the same thing. That said, I, I like most of the comments. I like the dollar store Dwayne. Um, I did not like the pebble because that's been all over the place. So it's like he could, you know, uh, MJF shouldn't have to steal shit from from memes that are going around, you know, on, you know, uh, wrestling Twitter, basically. Um, one thing, MJF missed an opportunity when when Stark said, when I was living in my car in, in you know, under the bridge in Houston, I was grinding, and MJF should have been like. I don't want to know what you were doing for money in your car <laughs> when you were homeless. True. Um, I mean, that, that, that would have been great. Um, the stuff about you smell cheap, you can say a lot of things about yeah. MJF, but his, but his clothes are good. I mean, there's right. nothing cheap about Burberry. He, he's, he's wearing, he was wearing like $1,400 slippers. Come on now. Um, <laughs> yeah. which, which, is, sucks. which is weird coming from Starks, who wore Gu Gucci slip-ons you know, most of the time he's on TV. So he knows the difference. Anyway, so that's a little frou-frou, but I'm a little frou-frou. Uh, but overall, every now and then, I hear what everyone else hears in Starks. And this was one of those times. He was great. Unfortunately, I still see him. And he needs to gain 35 pounds. In fact, when he, he was thickening enough for a while when he was working with Hobbs. And I don't know if he really is hurt and hurt his shoulder and he couldn't lift or whatever. But... He's gotten slimmed right back down to NWA size, but some of his weight—he he has like a 16-inch waist. Yeah, I'm a little jealous, but I mean, <laughs> I mean he's got like a 26-inch waist. I mean, the dude needs to needs to get bigger. He's not—he's not credible to me. Luckily enough, MJF is is a fairly small dude himself. But yeah, now the, the, this segment overall was great. Everything I'm saying is just nitpicky, but that's what we do here, and that's what I do. Um, but overall, the, the, this was great. MJF was good. Uh, Ricky Starks. Probably the best I've heard of ever. Absolutely, Evan. It felt like it came from the heart, man. That's what made that very special. You know what I mean? Still and... blinder in the car. Come on, man. It was right there. Yeah, I know. You're right. But but the real sunshine is MJF. But you are right. You are right. He does overdo the same old fucking promo, cookie cutter promo. When I say cookie cutter. <laughs> I love that, by the way, in the background. <laughs> he's but, he's got to save his good stuff for better people than Will or you did and uh, Ricky Starks, though, you know? 
I know, but what's he, the, the thing is, man, I want to see MJF do a promo without having to be... How do I put it? It's easy to get that sort of heat, man. You know what I mean? I can go out and get that heat by doing the exact same thing. What do you... Uh, what, saying, can, what can you use against Stark? So they haven't really given him much of a character yet, you know? He doesn't have much to work with. Well, look at him. He's a skeleton, first of all. He's a wannabe rock. He's forehead. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely his forehead. You could fucking land a plane on his fucking forehead. You know what I mean? I mean, if you... His pose is, is Diana Ross's. Yeah, that, <laughs> Diana Ross. What the fuck is this shit? It's like it's from the Alvin Ailey Dance Company. I think it's Michael Jackson holding the hat. That's that pose. Is that what Too many Michael Jacksons, so. man, already. Yeah. We don't need that shit. I mean, like, I, I have heard from young people that Michael Jackson is now problematic. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just... Look, I like Starks. This, this is the best I've seen of Starks. But I just feel like uh, I need to see more, man. I, I, I want to see him get this sort of reaction away from Austin or away from New Orleans, and see how he, you know, how he fares. Because MJF is the man right now, man. And and why build up Starks just for him to lose? I mean, what they do. He's yeah. going to be off TV for six weeks right after he loses. He is. Yes. That's that's I mean, if he was smart, he wouldn't call. He wouldn't challenge for the diamond ring on that one. And uh, but uh, but he will. He's going to do both because he said it before. I'm going to take everything from you this the same night. And yeah, I mean, we've already heard it. I mean, MJF started this promo by talking about Brian Danielson still with Regal. That that's the next program, and Brian's going to put him over and make him look like a million bucks. Yeah, well, uh, for sure, I can see. I can see MJF having a year long run, like I said a couple weeks ago. I reckon sure? that's. What's, you should, yeah, person. absolutely. You should. Everyone should. I mean, unless, you know, the, the, they can't hot potato things yet because if they if they hot potato a title like this, first of all, they'll get the criticism they got with the TNT title with Cody and Sammy and all of that shit that was going on. That wasn't good. Um, but also, it'll be given into the internet. Every week, somebody wants somebody else to be a champion. I mean, they'll be pressured. Ricky Starks. Well, now Eddie Kingston deserves a shot. Samoa Joe deserves one more run. Hey, they should really, you know, they should really bring uh, Kyle O'Reilly when he's ready. He should he should get a chance with the title. He's never held a, a major title. I, you know, it's it's just going to be like that. So, yeah, no, I, I think that the MJF should have it, and and he should lie, steal, and steal and cheat to do it. He should he he should have. An, an evil time. Oh, for God's sake. You, like, we need anyone else in AEW. Uh, and and uh, WWE for Nagatis. But I agree, um, uh, MGF should have a year-long title reign, but I don't think it needs to be a one reign. I think if he should, it's okay if he loses it twice and wins it back the following Dynamite. If he's like the Ric Flair, even if he's a three-time champion in a year, as long as he has the belt majority of that year, like 10 months of the year, uh, I think if he's like that Ric Flair just always wants the belt, do whatever it takes to win, cheat, I lie, I cheat, I steal, I'm the biggest scumbag ever. And that's okay too. Yeah, game. I'd rather him be the biggest scumbag, like just the biggest piece of shit there is in pro wrestling. I'd you know rather I mean? have an eleven-month title and and it be. But me too. I agree with Jeff. I'd rather it be consecutive, eleven month, one year. Fuck it, a year and a half. Yeah. How long has Roman Reigns been champion for? At least one of the belts. Seven hundred some days. Yeah, it's more. I think. It's, I think it's two years with uh, with at least. One of the belts. Yep. Oh well, there you go. Does it feel that bad though? No, it feels great. That's what I'm saying. So why not with MJF too? You know what I mean? I, mean, I think there should be some stability in AEW. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, so we all agree. Well, we get uh, Darby Allen promo about how he's felt lost since he lost the TNT Championship and some old Joe will have to bury him to keep him away from it. Joe responds and calls him a curious little dead boy. I thought he said dick boy, personally, but... Uh, Every question sound like penis. No, no really, not, but didn't it... sounded like dead boy. Like, oh, to me, it sounded well, like... To you it did. Of course it did. Oh, it must be dick on my mind. Anyway. Duh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I'm cracking up so bad I miss most of the rest of his promo, but they, but hey, curiosity has a cost. And then we come back from commercials. John Moxley then cuts a promo. He says last week didn't get out of hand and is really starting to like Adam Page. Talking with his fists. There's not enough of that around here. And this is all elite wrestling, not all elite talking. Uh, well, <laughs> I beg to differ sometimes, John. I just buried the best segments uh, on right. the show so far. I mean, I know so it's pre-recorded probably. But. Doesn't matter. Stupid. Yeah. This is the sport of kings. And tonight, he and Wheeler and Claudio, this weekend, they bring back 100 proof ass kicking pro wrestling. And he's over the Jericho Appreciation Society. And he's going to be out there tonight to ensure there's no sports entertainment shenanigans. And if Hangman wants another piece, he knows where to find him. Jeff, what do you think of that? So they're finally a group. Um, I don't think group. I, I don't think that this promo was necessary. I think that they they could have used the time more wisely. So wasn't bad. I mean, fine. Uh, Hangman Page, you came up with your fist. You're not talking. Finally, you're a man. Okay, that, that that's fine. Listen, man. I, I, I listen. The BCC is on the clock. Uh, unlike Cross, when when we turn the, the hourglass over and say tick-tock, something really is going to happen at the end. This, this group is going to implode. Regal thing was the excuse, and, I, and he gave them all permission to, to, to do diabolical. They're barely on the same page at all. They were never really on the same page. And Moxley being supportive of the group is more suspicious than anything else. But uh, I thought the Darby promo, although very similar to last week's vignette, was very good and i thought joe's answer was great and before you get a chance to say it i'm going to say that i thought that the darby joe match was absolutely perfect i loved it but kev what'd you think of that little segment um the segment was fine too um you just got to keep john moxley on tv every week that's what they need to do with more people on the roster uh, little quick segments too like, like more character work moxley's tony he's the biggest baddest guy in the small pond you know it's his gimmick and they need to do this to more people instead of them to be forgotten for six weeks instead of just him. And Darby Allen's great too. They let him control his own stuff. He knows his character. Awesome work by him. I just feel like they've they've sort of uh, cooled off Darby Allen in many ways, man. To the point where the fans aren't even reacting to him like they should be. Like for example, we do have Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe for the AEW TNT Championship. Joe is your champion. And when um, Darby Allen first came out, yeah, he got a few like cheers and whatnot, but it just didn't feel like Ricky Starks or MJF type of heat, you know what I mean? And then Joe came out, and the whole place lit up. Everyone was, Joe, Joe, Joe. Well, they had a hot mid-card young division, too, on the TNT title with Sammy and, and uh, Darby going against each other. Uh, they just don't know how to book, man. They cooled down everybody. They, they, they definitely pulled Sammy down unintentionally. 
Yeah, I can see Darby down too unintentionally. Well, Darby became the second to sting. It was it was a mistake from the beginning. I always thought that. I mean, I understand why they wanted to do it, but I was saying it was a mistake then, and I, I still and maybe the proof's now. I, I thought he got a good enough reaction. But I have to say, this was this was they might have pulled him off, but it worked here because. I never believed him before. Like I used to joke about him being the Terminator, because like you know, Mira would be beaten on for 25 minutes and he'd keep getting up. It was just ridiculous. He's a 140 pound guy. So this was this was great because his recklessness is what gives his, his, him a chance. It's what his disregard for his body is, and his well being is what gives him a chance. But it also is what's going to cost him because of, of his diminutive stature, especially when you meet a veteran and a guy that's basically a boulder. It, it, it's in there, you know. It's basically the thing from the Fantastic Four. I, I thought this. I, I think Darby. Looked, I think this was actually one of those rare good losses. I think. I think people are going to want to see Darby again as the the face from underneath. That they're going to want to see Scrap to it and win more more so than Orange Cassidy is like a shtick. He's a, he's a meme now. Jungle Boy is missing in that guy. Um, but but Darby, smallest of the three of them, but. He's the real deal, you know. Uh, not not my cup of tea exactly, but I I feel like I, I can stop qualifying it because he's earned it. I mean, I I, I like watching Darby work, and, and especially matches like this where they make sense. No, oh, I agree absolutely. Um, and also, homeboy says, "Chat twins go round and round." Absolutely, homeboy, you knew it. It's the real man's man remix. Thanks to me, DJ Mass Effects. If you want to check out some of my remixes, you can at SoundCloud and other places. But anyway, yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, I love this match personally, man. And I just want to say, damn, like, I mean, W. Allen got his fucking backside kicked, boys. I mean, it looked like it hurt, especially the way he, Joe does his signature walk away. Yeah, it's great. That was brilliant. The way he fucking launched into the barricade. I'm talking about Darby Allen and Joe just doing the walk away. <laughs> it was fucking mad. Jeff? I, I love when Joe does it. I wish other people did it, but now it's sort of his thing. Uh, so I, I'm actually glad that it's not overdone. But I, I you know, every now and then someone should just move. I mean, it, it's, it's, no, I, what's to say? What, what can I say other than I thought this match was perfect? I mean, I, I, Sincerely mean it. I thought this match was perfect. Yeah, no, I loved it, man. Kev? Uh Joe just oozed charisma this whole match too. He like, did. He was younger and rejuvenated, like uh, on another level. He even screamed to the fans saying, "I'm back." Yeah, he it felt like the younger Joe. Like the last two years of Joe was like out of shape. Not well injured. Not I don't want to say out of shape, but injured Joe, huffing, puffing, <laughs> coming back too soon. And it definitely felt like a rejuvenated Joe, like a TNA era Joe. But dare I say. It's awesome. Great. Yeah. Darby's yeah. the crash test dummy. It's like he's the best at what he does. I agree, man. It did feel like a TNA Joe in many ways, man. I mean, we should have had a throwback to his TNA theme. Why not? Yeah, why not? Even though I do love his AEW theme also. At first, I didn't like it. But then it grew on me. And I actually think it's better than WB's you know, version of Joe's yeah, music. They all sound the same. They do, no. They're all based the same, obviously. Like, you have to. You can't go any different. They're all good. That's how I yeah, think. for sure. Absolutely. It I just suits him. AEW doesn't, like, blast the themes loud enough. You don't, like, they don't just come off as well on TV. You know, like, I think, like 
No, I don't think so. Like they don't like pop as much. WB they like focal it, you know, like you, you notice it even when it's shitty. Jeff, do you agree? Uh, I know what he's saying. I mean, WWE the production overall is better. The the sound, uh, you know, is is just better. Um, but I don't. I mean, some of the AW themes, like I can't, like that I hate and I wish they were they were turned down. Like all, all of the Japanese girls' songs, they all sound like they're like annoying 1981 pinball machine song. <laughs> you know, arcade from 1984, they yeah. kill me. Like Sheeta's and Riho's terrible. I I hate. Hate this Claudio shit as soon as the, oh, the hate it, bro. part of it starts. Like the first part of gay. But some of them are I, I don't know. I mean, you know, AWs, I mean, a lot of WWE sound the same. Like the beginning of Judgment Day sounds like the beginning of Bailey until the I, I don't know. I, I, I do like Ripley's remix though, Jeff. Yeah, Ripley's is great. I mean, Ripley is great music. Listen, great music can help a great act. But great music can't do any can't do anything for a, a dead act because if, no. if if music was great, Judgment Day would be great, and Karrion Cross would be the 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 undisputed champion of the world. I agree, Kev. Uh well, I, I just think like maybe maybe it's Excalibur talks over it too much. Maybe that's more the problem, like for certain songs. Well, that's why I I, shut up, Excalibur. I could barely hear <laughs> Dustin Rhodes' song when he was coming out too. I'm like, trying. Do I like True. this? I know I heard it before. I couldn't hear it. Maybe yeah, I never heard him not shutting up. Was Dustin Rhodes on TV in in 2022? For that, that was worth it. For that battle royal, that was one of the high points. So they needed him for that with the rest of that cast. I mean, with the They've rest of that cast, yeah. What's the difference? But yeah, but yeah. They, it was. I mean. They gotta stop with the battle royals, man. Or fucking have a fucking pay per view that's a battle royal base show. I mean, if you're putting him in there, at least have him in there till like the final eight or six or something. Make it interesting. He was like the fourth one eliminated. Yeah, typical. Or at least yeah, have your eight was... top guys in there. You know, like, have it, like... the butcher needed the rub. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, Matt Hardy. That's true. <laughs> At least Matt Hardy's in some story. It's a terrible story. It's a stupid story. It's the third time with this same story with Matt Hardy, just with three different bosses. Um, but anyway, but but I don't know. I mean, if you're going to put Dustin in there, and I assume it's because he's from the Austin area, or at least he, I know he's from Texas. Um, at he's least born like, in Austin, as a matter of fact. So then at least feature him. I mean, well, you know, Cage didn't need to be in the. Anyway, I already talked about the Battle Royal. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> Samoa Jones at winning by referee stoppage with a coquina clutch to retain the AWTNT championship. Post-match, a frustrated Allen shoves Joe and Samoa headbutts him in return. Joe grabs Darby's skateboard and threatens referee Bryce Rimsberg with it before settling it down, trucks up and putting Allen on his shoulders and a muscle buster into the skateboard. Joe puts him back into the coquina clutch and the referee swarmed to pull him off. He doesn't let go until Wardlow comes out to make the save. Whereupon Joe grabs his total belts and scatters away. So, I mean, Wardlow, Joe, Wardlow is just ice cold right now, man. Yeah, I mean, but you knew it was going to happen. Um, one thing I forgot. Okay, yes. you saw how Joe, when he was out of the ring, he kept doing, he kept sliding back under the ring to break the count. I don't right. think the first couple of times the referee was even bothering to count. And then when Joe did it twice, he started counting one, two. So Joe was teaching the referee how to ref. 
and how to make the match better. I'm not sure I'm right, but I, I didn't notice him counting until Joe did it a second time. Do you blame him? I mean, no. he looks like the type that would get frustrated by shit like that. Right. And, and good. Listen, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But if, but if I'm right, great on Joe. Just another reason why he's one of the best and has had such a storied career and everyone respects him. Well, unlike most guys that have jumped from WWE, he seems legitly sort of happy that he's in AEW right now, if that makes sense. Uh, now? I don't I don't know that I could have said that until very recently. Yeah, well, yeah, you're probably right. It feels like up until recently. But I think he's happy now. He's in a happy place. And I think he's content too. Okay, well. Content is sort of a lesser form of happy, so happy, I think, subsumes content. Uh, content okay. in a good way, like he's rejuvenated. That's just in my opinion. I don't know. Kev, do you do you feel Joe seems a lot happier now that he's made the jump from WB to AEW? As of now, I mean, he's been booked uh, okay the last month. Um, give it another couple months. very strong. Yeah, he's been booked strong, and he's healthy. Uh, he's gotten a chance again. He probably he got fired twice in like six months True. in WB, so it's got to piss you off a little bit. The second time, his buddy Triple H put in a word for him and brought him back, and he still got fired again. So it's got to be annoying, and he's he's on his last legs, like wrestling wise. So he's got to like at least he's not going to mess up this opportunity. Let's just put it that way. I agree one hundred percent. Anyway, we get a backstage segment where we get Orange Cassidy is interviewed and offers Kip Sabian an All Atlantic Championship match. Kip begs off because he got hurt in the Battle Royale. And Orange tells him to go find somebody who can fight him on Friday at Rampage. So we get fucking uh, Orange Cassidy being Mr. Friday Night again, boys. Right. And somehow Tony Schiavone knew instantly that that meant that Orange Cassidy was, in fact, confirmed to defend his title match, his title on Rampage for a person of Kip Sabian's choosing. That's what he knew. So dumb. Which is so dumb, but do you think that they have reunited and this will be the grand re-debut of Miro? Miro with a brown paper bag on his head. Yeah. I hope so. And I hope he is the wedding guy again, whatever, the best man. I mean, but yeah, okay. Even if they bring back Miro, but then what? Is he going to, Is are they going to put him as champion? And if they do... Yes. I think he needs to aim fucking well, higher than Bulgaria this, is right there on on the on the Atlantic as you know the all Atlantic aim higher there he's not he's not in that picture you know he's not in that picture what do you mean aim higher you you go where you're booked you, you, you don't get yeah. this isn't a real sport if uh, well, is rampage still taped this week it's not live right uh good question man i'm, I'm not I, sure but usually before a pay-per-view it, it is live okay uh but this is this is a ring of honor pay-per-view i i think i think it's i think it's taped yeah it does look stacked tape, though maybe Miro. on a well, tape well, show on cb Miro. okay well then we would be able to find out from spoilers now i mean right this should be all over the place yeah, yeah it should, should be happening right now yeah so we'll see uh what if it's uh jimmy havoc is he back from his sexual assault? Whatever it was. No, oh, please, I, I don't think no. anyone will ever see Jimmy Havoc again. I don't Keep know who that, else it could be. I mean, we know that, that guy away. We know that Pac was was being targeted by Kip Sabian, but he already has a title. But that doesn't stop AEW. But they were sort of rivals. But maybe it's the rival with respect. And you know, Pac's been flirting with being a heel. So I I don't know who who 
Who else besides Miro makes any sense? Not that it has to make sense. I, yeah. I understand this is AW, so they could just dust off Lance Archer, or, you know, or you know, he he hired QT Marshall in the factory, and it's you know, it's big shoddy Lee Johnson, and Lance goes, ooh, well, you know, uh, you know, or someone from Japan that, 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 that they'll have to bring in, you know, Chaos versus you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whoever Evil's group is or whatever. I, I don't know. Los Ingobernables. Oh, no, it's Bullet Club now, actually, with Evil. Well, I mean, you have a local Ingobernable, sort of, um, <laughs> but they're in, in something with the dark. I, I'm going to go with Miro. I mean, wh- why keep him on payroll if you're if you're just going to have him sit there and do nothing? Well, at least Andrade is being Los Ingobernables. Andrade hasn't been on TV for three months. I know because he's ungovernable. Get it? Well, he's being governed. Yeah, well, yeah, true. Is Kyle O'Reilly hurt too? You don't hear anything about him. He's hurt. Yes. Yeah. He's hurt. So I don't think. And this could it be Adam Cole, baby? What? What? Why would Kip Sabian bring in Adam Cole, baby? And Adam Cole in Tony Khan land is not all Atlantic. You make me. He put him into. He put him into a higher program. You, you make me want to find out now. I'm going to look just because I want to right now. Uh, no, you know what, guys? I think it's live. As a matter of fact, because there's, there's, no, there's no spoilers. It's a weird time of year to be live. Um, well, like I said, they always have said that they're live before each and every pay-per-view. AEW paper. Anyway, I mean, it's weird. I well, mean, yeah, listen, I, I know you plan it. the shows and then the logistics, you know, weeks or months in advance if you can. But this was a week where four out of the five wrestling shows, and I'm exempting SmackDown because it was like on FS1 in some markets, FS2 in some markets, not on at all in some markets. Um, but if you want to go five for five, all of the wrestling shows did terrible audience wise. They all dropped down a lot. Dynamite. Rampage, SmackDown, Raw, NXT. So it, it would be it'd be a weird time to, to push your luck and people are spending money on Christmas gifts. I mean, going go to a, a wrestling show in the, in the middle of December. Um, Why not? Could be a good Christmas gift. It could, it could be. It could be. <laughs> kids are still in school. So I, I, I listen. It could be. Anyway, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Jeff, anything else you want to touch on before we move on? Miro makes the most sense, but I don't think it's going to be Miro. It's going to be some guy from some independent promotion that uh, if we Google and find out who he is, then there's some backstory <laughs> we don't know about. Oh, God. Let's hope not. Whoever fires will find out is Friday on Whoever Rampage. he tagged with six and a half years ago yeah. in Rev Pro. It's <laughs> yeah. when he was firing, whoever his enemy was or one of his ant buddies were. Could be. Could be. Anyway, we come back from commercial. As we get a hype wheel, excuse me, for Chris Jericho's match against Claudio Costagnoli at Final Battle. But speaking of uh, Claudio, we do have a Blackpool Combat Club matchup with Claudio Costagnoli, Will Yuta versus Jericho Appreciation Society in Red Death, Daniel Garcia, and the guy that loves his hat, Jack Hager. Um, not bad, up and down type of matchup but Blackpool Combat Club and winning by pinfall with a swift death from Claudio Costagnoli on Jake Hager Kev what do you think of the matchup I don't care about Will Yuta I've re- I don't want to resent watching wrestling anymore I turned the channel off and watched, started watching some Brooklyn Nine-Nine I won't lie so did I 
<laughs> yeah, I, I literally changed the channel. Yeah, I did not watch uh, Will Reed. I'm not going to watch shit I don't want to watch anymore just because and resent wrestling. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> Jeff? Um, I did watch it. Uh, Wheeler Yuta's elbow and forearm were ripped to shreds. It's like a cheese grater took off all his skin on on the back. This match was not particularly good. It was not particularly bad. The, the faces won, so which of course means that the heels will retain. Uh, at, at, you know, at the the pay per view usually. Um, Sammy Guevara was out there, not doing much of anything. John Moxley was out there. I guess that was the important thing: is that they were still a unit and. You know, I, I I don't know if we're supposed to think that John Moxley might turn as well because you know, uh, you know, or that someone's going to turn on someone, and it might have been here. John Moxley, you, you know, always sort of looks like a rabid dog, but yeah, the, the, this this was filler. I don't really know why it had to be here. I, I guess it's to, I mean, at least they said in the promo, but we didn't need another promo from John Moxley, and that's what we got. I guess it's better than Wheeler Yuta or Claudio speaking, um, but he he said. This whatever this is, this war with JAS ends at final battle. Thank God. God. It, it, it's approaching a year. It may be more than a year. It may be a year since it started. I, I'm not even sure, but I know that there was anarchy in the arena, blood and guts, and and some other crazy blow off match. And you didn't start with those. Though with AW, you might have gone there after two weeks. So um, anyway, it was fine. Faces won. The end. It wasn't exciting. It wasn't particularly bad. It wasn't particularly good. I mean, you. I know why Jericho's not there because he's doing Fozzie concerts. But you know, why? Why isn't Maynard and Parker out there if it's so important? I mean, it's just. It's he's just in of the Woods, actually, Jeff. He's down here in Australia doing Fozzie concerts. Our our uh, our two point on his Fozzie yeah. tour. Are they? <laughs> I like. Do they like play the tambourine or something? And Joe's Maybe. Cowbell entertainers. <laughs> More cowbell entertainers. I can see one of those guys doing tambourine and the other one doing cowbell. I can one of them with a triangle, even ding ding. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I don't know. I don't know why that. Absolutely. I don't know why that pops all of us, but yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it is what it is. Because it fits. It it just does. Yeah, no, for real. No, you're right. Post match, we get Tony Schiavone getting in the ring to show us an interview he did with William Regal some weeks back that he thinks might shed some light on recent events. Regal says people will only see this if something bad happens to him. And he says he took great exception to what MJF did to Tony and he's mad about emails. And so he gave him what he wanted. He's world champion. But be careful what you wish for because everybody in this company will be chasing him. He realized months ago that he was surplus to requirements to the Blackpool Combat Club, but he knew that wouldn't let him go. So he wanted to show them that he could go and and he could teach Wheeler and make him the best wrestler he can be. And I'll see what he does and take the example. He says this is his final lesson. Always stay one step ahead and always keep eyes in the back of your head. He's Blackpool Combat Club until the day he dies and it's been emotional. Um, this is stupid, guys, personally, big time, because... I didn't get no inkling, first of all, that he was surplus to requirements, Kev. Yeah, this is like when in a sitcom when a family member dies and then you uh, they showed them, they made a video. If you've already yeah. seen this video, if you're watching this video, that means I'm already dead. Insult your yeah. intelligence, you know, it's one of those things. And he's already Blackpool Combat Club until he's on NXT in two months, you know, for life. It was 
pretty cheesy. Didn't need to be done. Takes away from MGF knocking MG, uh, William Regal out too. There's going to be idiots out there going to think this isn't pre-recorded. They're not going to pay attention to that too. <laughs> um, this is un- unnecessary. Just unnecessary is a perfect word. I agree. Uh, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's sort of like that Bart Simpson gift where the at least you tried with the cake and you put it in the trash. Uh, except this didn't help anything. It actually hurt. I mean, it, it didn't make logical sense. I mean, if if we were supposed to figure out that the BCC, you know, shouldn't trust each other, well, you just made it blatantly obvious, which is, you know, not really a, a, a sin in wrestling, but you try to be just over subtle, but not beat someone in the head. Like, obviously, so you know, something bad's going on. Um, but if this was recorded two weeks ago, we saw what he was wearing. He was wearing a suit. His hair looked different. I mean, obviously, he did this. This was the last thing he did for them within the last couple of days, if not today, to do it. So I want to say at least you tried to, 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 to hype a story, but you didn't. They, they would have been better off if they just said nothing. If they just, just stuffed it. The, the Regal was was the devil, and he was diabolical, and you know he's tired playing by the rules. And by the way, he was always surplusage. These guys never needed him. The Blackpool Combat Club was always goofy, and they only brought in Cesaro because Brian had a, a concussion and couldn't wrestle for three months. And then he just sort of stuck around. So when uh, Regal was talking about the three prime members of the Blackpool Combat Club, I didn't know who he was talking about. Like, are you are you dissing on Claudio? It took the rest of his promo for me to realize he's he's dissing on Paul Young Wheeler, who who they're going to. Well, Will has been in that group for a year now, so I mean, you know, what, what's going? Anyway, they can't they can't teach him charisma, and and apparently they can't teach him how to train to get bigger. Um, well, maybe Daniel taught him how to be a vegan. I, I don't. This wasn't good. It didn't help anything. It didn't fix the story. They should have just. They, they would have been better off if they just moved on. Daniel Bryan's at his. Uh, Brian Danielson's at his deathbed, and you know, if they want to say till the day I die, and next week they announce he died, that's fine too. He's dead. Kill him off like an impact. Kill someone off. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Fuck. Yeah, the Black Bull. It, it should have been in his contract that he has to go by Lord Stephen Regal when he goes back to <laughs> WWE. The Blackpool Combat Club had so much potential to be something good and big. If Daniel Bryan and John Moxley went for the tag belts together, they would have had a purpose. It'd be like if Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns right now went, became the Shield again, and Roman Reigns just like you know they, they said no direction would be pointless right now. Roman's on a 700-day like championship brain. Just no direction. Pointless. Who cares? It's absurd. If they wasted so much potential on that, then it doesn't make sense. Well, that's your Booker of the Year. Two-time Booker of the Year. Tony Khan for you. Thanks to Uncle Dave Meltzer, who I can't believe <laughs> has named you Booker of the Year for By a second way, year running. Dave Meltzer. He criticized the Moxley Hangman Page segment for not having an explanation. You could do that with probably nine out of ten AEW stories, but this is one where you didn't need it. They actually played the story out on live TV like two or three weeks earlier. I mean, anybody who didn't know what's going on between Moxley and Hangman wasn't watching AEW a month prior. I mean, so Dave, it's it's valid criticism like a hundred other times, but just one time, no. I mean, it's strange. It's just weird. Ding dong. It's upside well, down world. Yeah, well, it's it's bizarre land in professional wrestling, Jeff. It is what it is. But yeah, Kev, he's he's been named Booker of the Year for a second year 
running, dude. Just give the wow. third already and let's be done with it. Wow. Just give him the third. Absolutely, I agree. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> anyway. The only one worse is Billy Corgan, I think, this year. Out of all the... the uh, yeah, he's been garbage. Yeah, it's the only worse one. Uh, absolutely... MLW is pretty piss poor. Is that the yes. roster or the booking, though? The, the, uh, yes. Bit of both. Bit of both. They do have a decent roster, per se, but like... They have a roster of nine people, and they have about 20 appearance talents to come in every now and then. Like, John Morrison is going to, you know, be, be on an arc. <laughs> I just saw well, Cross on MLW TV a couple weeks ago. I mean, he's been on WWE TV for, what, five months now? I know and Enzo's been on it. I want Enzo to make another WWE run, or even AW, fuck, whatever the case may be. I just want to see one more run with him because I think he's still got a lot to offer. But anyway, we go back in the ring <clears throat> as Moxie and Claudio look a little confused and take a minute to collect themselves. John says he only knows one thing for sure. The three men in this ring live and breathe pro wrestling and you can call them whatever you want. But at final battle, this war with the Jericho Appreciation Society is over. Mox says he's making an open challenge at Rampage and at final ba battle as Claudio and Wheeler will make their statements. Uh, first of all, I don't know why Moxie said he's making an open challenge at Rampage when we already got confirmation that he's facing uh, Takshera. Well, that, that confirmation came later, but we, oh, we, wow. we, we had already one open challenge line with Sabian and Orange Cassidy, so it really made no sense. But, open challenge Fridays, Jeff. Yeah, but if it was going to be an open challenge, I mean... Give us a surprise or make it hangman. I mean, Takeshita, okay, it's I mean, this is this is the mistake he was making before. He thinks this is loading up a show. It's gonna probably be a good match, but there's will no be doubt as match. to what the end is, unless the end is BCC imploding and it's before the pay-per-view. So that's probably not the greatest idea. Do it at the pay-per-view, or better yet, do it on a dynamite when people are watching. Uh you know. I don't know. I mean, it's it. Takeshita's good. This is not about him. It's just like there's no story to it. So that's not exciting. That's a, just another exhibition match. You want? It's a great pro wrestling match. Damn it! it, it Japanese it style. Is. But he's so angry. <laughs> it should be somebody he's had a rivalry with. It should be something that, that matters, not someone he's beaten like two or three times already. Yeah, I would make a Takeshita match if he if it let him work his way up to Moxley, beat Sammy Guevara, beat Daniel Garcia. You know, work your way up to the, the main guy. The, you, you know he's going to win this match. Now, listen, if the BCC, they, they even accidentally cost him the match and Takeshita wins, then I will be pleasantly surprised, just like I was a little bit later on in this show with another match that I thought was going to be a and wasn't. Um, so maybe they'll surprise me. I, I leave the door open for that. I, li I, I like Takeshita. I, I, I really do. I, I thought their matches in the past were good. I just, that to me, that that's that's not loading up a show i mean that that's not interesting i've seen it i've seen it i've seen it before and there's no story so exhibition fridays that's what it is you know what's funny man do you think they should since they have that 10 p.m slot right for rampage why not change it from instead of all elite wrestling why not have all extreme wrestling right make it a bit more edgier since they love blood and guts AEW, all elite wrestling it writes itself i mean why not have something like that? Anyone? 
have it based around the All Atlantic show, All Atlantic Wednesdays, <laughs> or something. You know, like All Atlantic Wednesdays, AAW. Yeah, or maybe an international show of all like Japan, all the guys that like they, they, Tony loves. And the, nah, the nah, the ratings would dip even lower there. Can not get any lower? The same, the same three hundred thousand people watching, and no matter what, anyway, at least they can get their niche. Well, they used to have seven hundred thousand people watching, and that's what they would like to get back to, like five fifty, six hundred. I, I don't think a name change is going to matter. I mean. Just, you could just keep it at Rampage and how about doing a, a good show? Yeah, Rampage, but have it all extreme wrestling. You know what I mean? Just it's already if, all it's ten PM. I I know, but the ten PM time slot would fit perfectly. I mean, they've got the time slot. It's on a Friday night. They've got they what, can do what whatever they want. Message: What signal from Discovery Warner Brothers have you gotten that they want extreme wrestling on their TV? Well, I'm sure TK was an extreme marktard for wrestling oh yeah, he also extremely needs a, a raise and a contract ex, uh, renewal uh for all of his shows including rampage and maybe even battle of the belts and he's he seems to be indicating that he's going to be announcing something about ring of honor tv come saturday i actually think that he's depending on the buy rate to try to make a pitch for a sale I don't know if he's being pie high in the sky i don't know if it's going to be on streaming i don't know if discovery will give him you know, five million dollars a year to put it on True or IDTV or you know some third you know third or fourth level discovery product or uh, platform, or we'll we'll never hear about it again. Uh, uh, but I don't see any signal that, that from Discovery that they want more wrestling. But I mean, their reaction to Nick Gage, Nick Cage, uh, Nick Gage, and all of that stuff, and they won't let the Briscoes on TV. And you think they want an Extreme Hour? No, they don't want an Extreme Hour. I don't think they want an extreme hour, but I would love it too, Jamie. Bring in their GCW belt on there or have Tommy Dreamer bring a hardcore championship on there and have it be a hardcore. I would love it, but it's Ooh. not going to happen. Ooh. No oh, GCW with wrestling. And Tommy Dreamer is one of the, the the most amazing stories and how uh, nothing can exist in wrestling for 40 years. Damn, that's cold, man. Ooh. That'd be a that good, be easy to bring that story in though. Of just bring he brings this hardcore belt, you know, his house because he's got the house of hardcore show and stuff. But it's, Is that it's, even it's, still a thing, Kev? House I, of hardcore. I doubt, it, I doubt it, but I'm sure he still has the belt. But, you know. Yeah. Why, why not? Is that guy in catering. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, you know what? You can go. You can go. You can do whatever you want, man. Really, you know what I mean? You can go anywhere you want, but for whatever reason they just don't want to change it up but apparently this is stacked according to tk so we'll see i think it'll be a decent rampage at least decent for us to actually uh review this coming friday but um nevertheless at least it's not going to be as fucking shit as usual but let's move on to the next segment because we got shivani doing a sit-down interview with jamie hader which was filmed earlier she says the division is getting interesting, but she's on top of the totem pole and she's going to do her job and defend the title. She says whoever wins out of Hikaru Shida and the bunny on Rampage gets to wrestle her for the title because she's a fighting champion. Jeff, what do you think of Hayda? Uh I think I must have fallen asleep during this segment, even though I was watching it. She looked like she was dressed like a librarian. Uh, uh, I saw Twitter say that she had a lot of presence on there, but I 
thought it was boring and just another dig at Thunder Rosa. Yeah, good point. Is Rosa gone now, guys? Yes. Hmm. Interesting, interesting indeed. All right, well, let's move on. We get a matchup between Jade Cargill and the Batteries, and that is Layla Gray and Red Velvet versus Kiera Hogan, Madison Rain, and Sky Blue. But Cargill and the Baddies win by pinfall with a jaded from Cargill on Madison Rain. Jeff, anything to say about this? No, I mean, there was never really a doubt. I mean, the only thing that was a question is whether or not uh, uh, Kiara was still a secret baddie, but she wasn't. Um, you know, it wasn't that clean a match. It was a little bit sloppy. The end was really abrupt. Madison Rain, for a coach, she really doesn't know how to sell. And, you know, I, I don't know, uh, one move and then she gets put, puts in the finisher. I mean, someone must have told them we're out of time, ladies. Um, but it was okay. It's fine. The, the right team won. Um, it's good to see the, the this is the prime baddie triad. So, you know, they, they, they're glad to see them win. I mean, but Sky Blue, Madison, Rain, and Kier, Hogan are the earliest. I just can't – I'll never forget how uh, two years ago people were saying that Kier Hogan is one of the best in the world and Impact has the greatest women's division Not me. in the world. And when she got signed to AEW, like, oh, my God, game changer. Their division just, just became the, the, the best in all of wrestling. And two years later – this this she's still cannon fodder in in you know you know and she she was she was the fourth wheel in a, a three wheel uh race and when mark sterling was there she was the fifth wheel oh yeah mark sterling kev anything to say about this uh just shows how great jade is like how much charisma she has she just looks like a like do you see guardians of the galaxy when uh drax says to uh four and, and star lord that uh, Star Lord's a dude, Thor is a man. <laughs> Jade's a woman, yeah. and these are girls. You know, it just shows how big of a star she is. And um, I was actually a big fan of Kira Hogan in uh, Impact, and it's crazy. She looked like the fifth most charismatic person in this match, too, even under Sky Blue. You know, like uh, the money had fallen. I don't know what it is. Her and Tasha Steeles together did were very charismatic, and uh, she just lost her ways. I guess she's a baddie, but uh, she's like the fifth. She's just not as bad as uh, Jade and Layla. So I guess she doesn't know what to do. Like, I guess that's her gimmick. She can't play her character, you know? She just seems lost. Well, before we move on to the main event, we've got a special guest, guys. It's Terry Balea. Wants to say <laughs> a word or two right here on the Wednesday night skirmish. It's been a while. So let's see what he has hey, to brother. say. Can you hear me? I can hear you, brother. Well, I gotta tell you, brother, about AEW. You fucking think MKF is a fucking star, brother. What are you a fucking vanilla ninja, brother? I gotta tell you, CM Punk is a bitch, brother. He cut <laughs> hold my yellow joints if you try, dude. Isn't that right, brother? And then I gotta tell you, Black Machismo. Well, actually, we can be the Black Mega Powers, brother. It's gonna be me and Jay Lethal, the Black Machismo, the Black Mega Powers, brother. <laughs> and then I got a message to Kevin Nash on his fucking podcast. Like this, brother. Hey, did you forget how to talk, motherfucker? You sound like fucking Helen fucking Hell, dude. But I love you, brother. Finger poke dude. Haha, <laughs> we fooled them all. But the WWE, WWF, need a Hulkamania, brother. WCW, need a Hulkamania. And AEW, need Hulkamania too, brother. So I gotta tell, Tony Tony Khan, you bug-eyed fucking freak. Give me a call, <laughs> you son of a bitch. 
<laughs> Damn, Terry. Or Hulk. What's your problem with TK, bro? What do you do to you? Well, he's a fucking mark, brother. And I gotta uh, tell you, hey, all you gotta do is put a million fucking dollars and the whole come in here. Oh, fucking take this company to the next level, like I did all those other companies, brother, including A. Ain't that right, Jeff? <laughs> he asked you a question, Lehman. Ain't that right, Jeff Lehman? What you gonna do? <laughs> right, brother. Damn, he, he knows Soldier Hulk. I mean, what do you think of Jeff Lippman? Well, he's a, he's a pretty cool guy. If I need a fucking lawyer, I'll fucking call you. <laughs> you know I always fucking need a lawyer. So what you gonna do with the fucking PWC? What's wild on you, brother? And Tony Khan, you bug-eyed motherfucker. Give me a call, dude. Terry Malia is fucking out. See ya, Hulk. Nice yeah, having Hulk. you back on. That was Hogan's Corner right here on the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish. It's been a long time running. Absolutely. That was a long time coming. I'm just glad he's back. Yeah. Wow. I mean, is that... Oh, who's that? What the the hell was that? Who was that guy? (laughs) Oh, oh, was that Terry? (laughs) Who was that? I think it was that. Damn, was that? Maybe it was Jimmy Hart. What was it, the Mexican Terry... Bolendez, oh, that that don't work for me, brother. Break, breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. Anyway, thank you, Hulk. That was good. Hogan's Corner, it's back on the skirmish. Nice. Yeah, well, that was a nice little running by the Hulkster brother. Superstar. That don't work for him, absolutely. Well, backstage we get Shivani once again interviewing Soraya. But before any questions can happen, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, ends up rolling up. She congratulates Soraya on the biggest win of her career and promises her it won't happen again. She says Soraya came to AEW and her first match was a pay-per-view match against the biggest star on the show. And she has a plane tickets for January 11, where Soraya can either sit in the front row or she can have a match. But not against Britt in the singles, but in a tag match against her and Jamie Hayter. Jeff, did you like the promo? To paraphrase the Hulkster, dude, this doesn't work for me. That don't work for me, brother. <laughs> yeah, this was nothing. The only good part is that, and Jamie Hader never leaves my side, except right now. <laughs> so, I mean, that, yeah. that, was, that was the only exactly. good part of it. Um, so now I guess we're going to have another surprise partner uh, coming in in two weeks. On a women's tag match and that's supposed to be a draw okay i mean uh who, who's the exciting uh, female free agent to bring in or is it going to be ruby soho or gonna you know still sheeta with her uh, Reg- regina the, the primo wave oh yeah the regina wave the wave championship yeah, whatever, whatever the fuck that is that they're actually putting on the air i i, I don't know apparently she's had her eye on it for a while jeff Terrific! You know what? I'm I'm glad she got what she wanted. That's that's great because she wasn't going to get an AEW title again, and then nor, <laughs> nor should she. she. She ain't that interesting. She's a good wrestler, but she's not that interesting. Um, okay, I mean, Soraya. I don't know. She's she's she is not interesting. It's going to be Thunder yeah, Rosa is going to be her partner. Yeah, great, great. Do you thing. think so? That's, that's about it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know, man. I feel like Thunder Rosa is done and dusted, Kev. That that would be the that would be the only satisfactory 
She just got done recording a song. She's got a new song coming out. She's ready yeah. to do it. I mean, Thunder Rosa or like Sasha, you know, Mercedes. I mean, that would be interesting. I mean, it would Trinity be. wouldn't be particular. I mean, Trinity would be a little interesting, not really, but a little bit. But- well, Trinity was with Jay Cargill hanging out last week at the, I believe, in the, watching an NBA game in Atlanta. Yeah, I think, the Hawks. I think it was a coincidence, though, but that, that was cool. Forbidden Door. Um, sure. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't care about this feud. It's, I mean, the, the sad truth is that, that Jade Car- Cargill has made the TBS title the most important women's title in the company. And perhaps, you know, maybe the second most important title in the company. We've talked about this before. I don't even feel like the AW women's title interim erased or not feels anywhere near as important. She's, she's got a crowd. She's got the entrance. She's, she looks like the She-Hulk. I mean, you know, she's got the looks. Yeah, I don't even think the tag belt's important anymore. What the the, the, the AEW tag team championships? Yep. I think they the trios are, are more are more uh, over now than the fucking tag belts are for sure. You mean the trios are the six man, or do you mean the ID IEWGP, or do you mean the Ring of Honor, or do you mean the AAA, or do you mean the intergender tag team match? Titles. I I should have had the count on the intro going one two three. <laughs> what belt is Hikaru Shida defending to this weekend? The the Regina what was it the Regina the Wave. That's what I said. Women's Championship. Yeah, the the vagina. The vagina is mine. The vaginal the Wave. That's right. It's not just something. penis here on the PWC. It's vag. It's also- we want some pussy anyway yeah well since (laughs) since they want to fucking bring all sorts of bullshit on on the show i mean at least hey look it's a first for everything right you you won't have a promotion that has this many championships we got the six-man titles and the trios championships i don't even know what the difference is what's the difference exactly what Limon is doing is what the difference is but anyway, boys, let's get on to the main event of the evening. Wait, wait, what about is... House of Black? House of Black. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. House of Black. I forgot about them. Uh, I've got to go back a bit, Jeff. A, a cool a vignette, but didn't, I don't know what it means. But... <laughs> well, there was a House of Black vignette follows where they declare war on anyone that has an issue with them, an issue or challenge for next week as we go to a break. But I dare say this, boys, it's the House of Faded Black, in my House opinion. House of Hostages. House of Hostages and the House of Faded Black, because they're going to fade to black any week now, boys. So Surely. the House of like Clayton, Cloudy Gray. Yeah, it's 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 very musky. All right, okay. Uh, listen, I can't argue with this. I mean, the vignette was interesting, but it's been a series of interesting vignettes that that you know only one is really interesting. They they so the less interesting, but uh, I you know. Okay, we we already know they declared war. They've they've attacked everyone twice now. I mean, uh, I don't know what the vignette was for. If they're if they're going to make an open challenge. That's great. So we're going to get another open challenge. I mean, I, I guess if Orange Cassidy loses that title tomorrow, that that frees him to be with Chuck T and 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 Trenty Locks uh, uh, as the, the three in the feud. And you always got QT and the factory of nine hundred losers that are there. Or you can always call in Rocky Romero because he, you know, he's always available for a paycheck as long as he can get a kid's uh, eye patch in a pirate <laughs> shop or whatever. Yikes! 
Kev, anything to say about the House of Fate of Black? That's, I, I love Malachi. He was my favorite for a while there. He, he felt so important for a while, and they just killed him, killed it. You know what? They should they should give them either... I mean, if Tony wants to invest in them and get me to invest in them, even though Buddy Matthews pretty much said he's leaving in two or three months, license either Black Sabbath, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, or Rolling Stones Paint the Black, and then I'll believe that, that he's interested in the House of Black. True. If you if it goes that far with like Ozzy Osbourne fade to black, I mean shit, it's gonna cost no, a bit not of Ozzy fucking. Ozzy Osbourne fade to black. I said what I said. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, let's see what happens. I just think they're done and dusted, but we'll see. We move on to the main event. It is FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood versus the acclaimed in Anthony Bowens and Max Caster for your AEW World Tag Team Championships. The acclaimed are your champions. And boys, I'll start with you, Jeff. One too many near fucking finishes, dude. I'm going to surprise you because I was sure this was going to be a schmaz. I was sure the gun club so was I. So did I. I was convinced too. Triple J Lethal was going to get involved. Uh, Seeing them in the back, I I was completely convinced that. And they swerved us with basically a clean finish. I thought it was a fun as hell match. I thought they, they all worked their asses off. I thought they worked well together. I don't care about the fake finishes. Like, you know, I, I think in this particular match with these two teams are supposed to be the best in the world. Between them, they hold four world tag team championships. So if anyone's gonna be kicking out of everything, it should be them. I, I thought this match was great and I was so Maybe even more so. Maybe I made it greater in my mind because I got a, a legitimate end, and I was so sure that I was so smart and I had it all figured out, and I didn't. And I'm so happy when they get me wrong because I'm tired of hearing people say, no one saw Regal doing that with MJF. Yeah, I, I mean, I think lots of people saw it. I know I did. I mean, we talked about it. I heard other people talk about we it. We said it weeks before anyone else did, actually, Jeff. Yeah, it's true. We were before everyone else, but we're not the only ones that, that, no. that you know, to... So anyway, um, very happy to have been wrong, I think, twice tonight. So, I mean, great. I, I thought the match was terrific. I love the match. I just think one too many near falls. Like, the part where they kicked out of the finisher, I'm talking about where the acclaimed kicked out of the finisher, I think it was perfect. They didn't need all those near finishes before that, though, to get to that point, you know what I mean? And then we went to the finish. That's just my opinion. But, yeah, great match. Absolutely enjoyed it. Kev? Jeff was very unhappy to be wrong. I was unhappy that I was right. This is exactly how I knew the match would go, what it was going to be. I didn't hate the match. Um, if FTR was going to lose, there should have been a schmaz ending. The gas boys should have came out, or, or the Briscoes should have went on the screen ahead of time and just distracted them, pulled a WWE-style distraction. Um, I'd like, like you, Jimmy, I, did, I thought it was too many moves at the end, too many uh, misfinishes, like... Uh, it seemed like they didn't know who they wanted to win. They knew there was like a no-win situation. So it was just like... Attempt to, See, this match was a no-win situation really I feel yeah. like as like, well. Without a schmaz ending, which they should have had. Right. Then, um, But I, I did laugh at the ending. Ha, 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 ha to all you people at home that said FTR is the number one team in wrestling. Fuck you. The Usas are. And this just proves that they can't even be the best in their own freaking TV show. 
Who says it's definitely number one? There's no oh, fucking arguing. Tony Khan showed you right here. It's undebatable. Well, of course they're the number one. They're, they're the Universal Tag Team Champions for. for they the are the ones, year. guys. The and ones, been, and they've been fighting champions too. They, 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 so I mean, I mean, meaning they've had lots and lots of matches, and they've been, ca- and they've been carrying both shows. I mean, basically, um, which is not always a great thing, but it, it's still undeniable. Just like Moxley was, uh, you know, it's not always a great thing. It's undeniable. I mean, F- FTR. They have titles, but they haven't had a particularly good year. I mean, Dax is focusing on a singles career. So Matt Coon, uh, you know, tweeting today that Dax Harwood is the best professional in the world and Cash Wheeler might be the second. I mean, first of all, I don't agree, but even if I did, that's the, I mean, why is everyone with this narrative? This reminds me of like Carl Anderson five or six years ago where, where they were saying <laughs> how great he was. And I mean, they're not even a good tag team. I mean, I just I just feel like I've seen this before. And like Dax at, you know, at five, eight and a half with his with his. You know, he he's like 31 years old, but he looks like he's 47. I mean, <laughs> this is not a star. It doesn't matter how good he is or isn't. He's a plain Jane, dude, really. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, um, you know, but you're right. The, I mean, the, the acclaim could have been in the conversation. I mean, there were plenty of teams that could be in the conversation, but but it, they're all playing for two. I mean, someone's like, what about the Briscoes? What about them? They, 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 they've been sitting for six months basically doing nothing. They did a, a little bit of work in Impact, a little bit of work in NWA. And t- about a year ago, they had like their couple matches in Ring of Honor. And then, of course, we have the Gun Club with the Christmas gifts, which was dumb. I don't know why the Gun Club is announcing a match for FTR for the Briscoes in a double dog collar, which, by the way, it's cool. It's probably going to be a hell of a match. It's probably going to be brutal. Has match. it ever been done in a tag match? I don't think it has. I think it's yeah. I think it's a must. But haven't they had a trilogy? Like they had three. They had the rubber match. FTR won. So with FTR losing on TV here, and FTR never being sure when their contract is up, I'm thinking that they're losing these titles on Saturday to the Briscoes, Ring of Honor, whatever form it's going to be on. It probably isn't going to be on a major TV station, and it might be on streaming. So why not? give Ring of Honor fans, you know, a bone and, and make it the Briscoes, um, who, you know, nothing's more Ring of Honor than the Briscoes. They were there literally since, like, year one. Um, and FTR, maybe the negotiations aren't going as great. Maybe they may go back, too. Maybe they're playing hardball, whatever whatever it is. Something with them and Tony is off. Is off. I don't know what it is. I don't know how big a deal it is or whatever it is. I'm not making any predictions here other than this is not a prediction show for Final Battle um, unless you've decided it is, but I'm going to predict the Briscoes win those titles. I mean, I think it's for the titles. I don't think it's just a grudge match. Who knows? Spoiler alert. FTR is going to New Japan. I'm telling you that right now. Calling it now. Well, they're already in New Japan-ish. Sure, they're the champs. Nobody goes full time if they have choices. Well, eight year old just be just battled cancer in North Carolina. He's not moving to Japan. He cries. He He cries cries after his wrestling matches. Whatever it is, he's he ain't he's not going. That's fine. He 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 can still work Japan if he works for Impact. Or AEW or any number of companies, uh, just not. Which is it? Is it just not AAA? <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing that 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 gets to me is this: they, they don't protect FTR, man, at all. 
There's they no lost, protecting these guys. They lost the swerve in my glory too. They lost the, the claim now, you know? They're, they're, they're the so-called champions of defunct friggin' uh, companies other than I, I, the IWGP one and the AAA one, I guess. And they're not the best tag team in the world. Heck, they're not even number one in the PWI top 500, whatever it is, of tag teams. And they're not number one in Tony Khan's eyes either. So something's up, like Jeff said. And I think if they do get the loss again, it's going to make things kind of interesting. We'll see what happens there. But uh, Kev, any other final comments about this match? No, it was, it was an okay match. Um, obviously, they're much better workers than the Acclaimed, but the Acclaimed are over, so that makes their matches that much better. Um, it should have been a Schmaz ending, like I said. Um, it's a good... Uh, Just to protect once. the guys, but, they, but, but no protection at all. Well, at least for once, it was a good main event that you didn't know who was going to win, and you can't say that often for AEW. Exactly. And we got a clean Even and we did get a clean finish, even though we, I think we all knew deep down that the Acclaim was going to get the win, just we didn't know how. No, but I, I thought I thought you were going to get two tag teams and two extraneous guys, at least, if not three, run in. If it, Maybe the whole So did firm. I. I said it on Don Tony's page. I said, he said this would be the perfect moment for the Briscoes to run in, but I go, right, but the only problem is it's going to be the ass boys that do it instead. But we didn't even get that. So, Briscoes, uh, but he knows this. I mean, he was being sarcastic because he knows that the Briscoes aren't allowed on. on right, I know, I know. Which is which well, is which is a bit weird since I mean, there's other people who have done you know equally terrible things, but somebody in that company, Discovery, that is, has something about that. And I, you know, I'm not saying it's a it's it's the the position itself is necessarily uh, you know wrong, even though it's pretty old, but. There are other people in the company more recently have done more similar things. I'm not, and I'm not like talking about like, you know, Mike Tyson, who's, you know, a giant star and only does appearances and, you know, <laughs> whatever some rappers might do who are there, you know, come on once or three times or whatever. I mean, I mean, freaking Jericho's wife was at the insurrection, for God's sake. <laughs> Jeez. Well, post match, FTR, the good sports they are, Caesar the Acclaimed, the Daddy Ass. The Ass Boys appear on the Tron and say they got FTR some presents. They have a card from them boys, the Briscoe brothers, challenging, challenging them to a match, a final battle, a double dog collar match. And that's the show, boys. We've finally done it. And um, decent show overall. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But there was also some stupid moments as per usual. But Jeff, overall, what would you give it out of five? If it wasn't for that battle royal, I, I go for TV, I'd go pretty close to a five. But... Uh, because of the Battle Royal and a couple of other things, then I'll, I'll go four and a quarter. Uh, Kev? I go a 2.75. It was a one of the better Dynamites in the post-punk era. Uh, I'll go four out of five. I, I thought it was a good good enough show. Uh, maybe three and a half, actually. I don't want to say I'm four. The high score? Wow. Yeah, you've got the high score, Jeff, as a matter of fact. There was a bit, look, it was good at the start, good in the middle, good at the end type of thing. Damn, I'm frozen. Anyway, Jeff, tell you them where they can find you. Yeah. Right there on Twitter, at EchoSpellMD. You can find me oftentimes on the PWC and the channels we cross-pollinate with, the PW Hustle, Panel Attitude, the Homie Media Group. You can also find me on the, the Wrestling Suit Network. Some other places too. 
my other wrestling podcasts that don't involve these fellows uh, is Hammerlock Hangover with Big Daddy Cool Steve Pena. We, uh, we're bi-weekly, and this week we should be doing a recording with predictions for this weekend shows. And then our next show will be end of year show, our report cards, uh, any any predictions that we have for the coming year. So that, that's always a good time. Um, and... and my non-wrestling podcast, Garden of Doom and Garden Views. Drop the Garden Views today. Drop the Garden of Doom over the weekend on the Hun. So Garden Views was on Russian and Soviet space law and the Dark Sky Initiative. And this week on Garden of Doom, it's, it's almost like the Garden of Doom, Garden Views crossover because I, I got into a lot of how you become a published author with the literary agent. And so we have our first New York Times best-selling author, actually two times best-selling author. Um, in the young adult paranormal category, but New York Times bestselling author, that's the same categories, Harry Potter and Percy Jackson and all that other shit. So, um, so, so you learn, learn some stuff and surprisingly where NDAs aren't used, where the stakes are the highest. Uh, anyway, you can find those all on the PWC, Wrestling Zoom Network, PW Hustle, some of them are on Hameen, you know, you know it, you want it. That's a lot of places to find me, I'm tired. <laughs> Not enough, though, Jeff. Not enough. Not tight enough. Kev, tell them where they can find you, man. Hey, my personal stuff's at Panetta Sexy Time on all social media. Thursday nights on YouTube, you can follow the Dollar Club Wrestling Show. These two goons are with me a lot on there. Uh, the last Thursday of this month, we're going to have the Hot 50 Countdown. <laughs> find out the uh, who the Dollar Queen of 2022 <laughs> is. And uh, you got you both are invited on that show, too. I think that came like make a big special we're not going to talk about anything else just the hottest 50 women in all wrestling and jeff is in the top 50 He's sexy uh-huh. <laughs> so is that what we do tomorrow night on dollar club wrestling yeah. we're doing the top uh am i recused from being a guest because I, I can i can push myself higher up the rankings you can vote yeah the last uh thursday of december we're going to do that Mandy Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Mandy and then uh Rose. next Next uh, next Saturday, you can see me at the Icons of Wrestling show at the ECW Arena. I'm going to be working with the uh, AXW team with Kevin Kelly. I'll be there as Uncle Slam. Hopefully, uh-huh. I can meet the, uh, I'll be able to meet the Dudley Boys, Rob Van Dam, both big names there. Hopefully, I get some good stories for our show next week. What awesome. city is that in? What's up? That's in uh, at the ECW Philly. Arena, like a uh, meet oh, and greet. Philly. Yeah, in Philly. So, I'm going to be working with Kevin Kelly and the AXW American Excellence Wrestling uh Next Very weekend. cool. Gonna be a big star. Uh, hopefully. Absolutely. Kevin fucking big time Panetta. Don't worry about sexy time. It's Uncle, big time Uncle Panetta. Slam. Uncle Slam. Hey. Uncle Slammer. Just you yeah, one a, of these do, do you guys fucking... need a backstage uh, or a ringside interview uh, woman? Woman. Uh, Cordy Bessley? <laughs> oh, well, if, if she's not if, no, uh-huh. no, 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 uh, no. I, I know someone who does that. He's from New York, and it's probably within the travel range. Works for some Indies. Hmm. Nice. Interesting. Could be a thing worth looking at, Kev. I mean, if you speak to the other Kev, the yeah, boss, yeah. Kevin Kelly. If you're interested, you know how to reach me. If, yeah, not, if not, forget the whole thing. I'm still well, it, here on that one, so I got to uh, work my way up to bring. Well. Anywho, if you want to follow me, you can on Twitter at the PWC Network and at DJ Mass Effects. Please like and subscribe right here at the PWCnetwork.popping.com where you can find all our shows. Channelattitude.com where for five bucks you get to listen to me and whoever 
more specifically Rampage. Yeah. Also, HamoonMediaGroup.Podbean.com, where you can find all our affiliate shows. And Dollar Club Wrestling, where you'll find myself and Mr. Lipman tomorrow night at Dollar Club Wrestling on YouTube. Look out for that. In saying that, I'm Jimmy T. That is Evil Diamond. Oh, sorry. Evil, what was it? Dead. Or was it dime damned whatever it's the right hell you now. want to do <laughs> it's right now dose and that is Kevin Six Sanfanetta and you've been listening and watching oh it's our pussy grande what, what, what happened what's going on here it's our pussy fucking grande he's back in the house ah. <laughs> you should say something oh, about the dollar that doesn't work for me brother <laughs> but does the dollar work for you brother Si, si, dollar is life, peso, solamente pesos. Dollar is life, peso is life. Believe in the pesos. You We're out. Peso in the ass cheeks. <laughs> peso in the ass cheeks. Orale. Well, Maybe we're out, fun. boys. Stay evil, stay ghetto, and stay grande. We're out till next week. See yous. Network, what the world is watching and listening to.